You're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast, and in today's episode, I speak with two of my closest friends, both intuitive healers, Rain Dunn and Melissa Eliyahu, on how we remain grounded and in a place of trust and knowing during times where we feel like the darkness is crashing in. There is always a way to find the light and come back to ourselves. And in this episode, we speak about exactly how to do it. So make sure to hang around for this extremely expansive episode. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Recondition Podcast where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vaknin, leading wellness and transformation coach, and following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair-bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true long-lasting well-being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. Before we get stuck into the uninterrupted episode, I wanted to let you know why I am such a huge fan of the company supporting this season of Recondition, the Endu Clinic in Harley Street, who specialize in biological dentistry. Now, you might recall me speaking about my journey with biological dentistry, both here on the podcast and over on my Instagram, and all of it was conducted over at Endu. So those of you who have been here for a while will remember that I was suffering from trigeminal neuralgia, which is otherwise known as the suicide disease and it really was that bad and three dentists over 18 months had told me it was nothing to do with my teeth after a colleague told me about biological dentistry and i had been reading numerous books on the subject and I watched the film Root Cause which I highly recommend you all watching I found the Endu Clinic and they absolutely ticked every box I was told to look for and I really was told to tick off these boxes to ensure that they were genuinely taking a biological approach to dentistry. So that's everything from safe mercury removal protocols to ceramic inlays and ceramic implants and a general health optimization approach. They use absolutely no metal at all. They work on the basis that our immune function is lowered during dental procedures, which is just something that you don't get at all with conventional dentistry. The possible connection between my health concern and dentistry was found in the first consultation. Again, something that all these other dentists and facial pain specialists at honestly some of London's top hospitals were not able to see because what they know is that previous dental treatments can lead to jaw cavitations something that only those who are trained in biological dentistry know how to look out for. Now during my procedure I was given IV vitamin infusions, ozone therapy and this state-of-the-art plasma PRF treatment which was all to ensure that we were giving the body the very best chance to heal. 
And there's also a whole pre-treatment protocol as well. Anyone who listens to this podcast will know how much my life's journey has been about health optimization. So this was just revelatory to me. And the trigeminal neuralgia went away the very next day. And it's not just facial problems. We now know that up to 70% of chronic health conditions can be as a result of conventional dentistry treatments and misconceptions surrounding oral care. I honestly recommend this clinic to everyone I know. And if you are experiencing any dental, facial, or chronic health problems, or you just want your teeth looked after by a team who truly understand the long-term way to keep teeth and gums healthy, go to nduclinic.com. The clinic are offering a 10% discount off your initial consultation for anyone who mentions coming through Lauren. And this will include a dental exam, x-rays, 3D scans, and even your first hygienist appointment. So that is nduclinic.com. Thank you to Endu. Okay, so welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in once again. I am here today with two of my very special friends. Our intention for this episode is to help people find meaning in these very, very challenging times, especially when you're coming at this from a more conscious perspective and, you know, we're being challenged to our core and triggered in every direction and just left feeling very frustrated sometimes by situations that are essentially situations that are changing our evolution that we feel we have no control over but we do have an element of control and I wanted to speak to two of my closest friends two women I consider absolutely essential to my own growth and who have guided me through some of my most challenging times and continue to do so to have a chat about all of this just in order to help others feel more guided. So this is very much an international podcast. We've got Rain Dunn, my friend Rain from South Africa, and Melissa Eliyahu from Malibu in California, who you can also hear on episode 23. So let's just give you guys both a moment to introduce yourself. So Rain, let's go with you first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so as Lauren said, I live in South Africa, Joburg, and I'm also in the wellness industry. I teach Pilates and yoga. I have a healthy recipe book. So I teach people about food and how to eat healthily. And I also do energy healing and I do spiritual mentorship and life coaching. So to some people, it seems like I do a whole lot of different things that have nothing to do with each other. But to me, they're all very interconnected and they're all to do with integrated wellness. And I'm a mom. I have a nine-year-old son and I have a scratch in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) So I might be clearing my throat a lot. Um, We were just talking about it before we started recording that I'm having like a lot of throat chakra activations at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that because it's part yeah. of your journey within what's happening. Beautiful. Melissa, hi. Hello, hello. Thank you for having us on. This is so fun. It's always fun getting to connect with you. I'm Melissa. I live in Malibu, California. I have two little girls that I unschool. And you know, the journey for me on my life has been all about loving myself. And as I've learned to really, truly, authentically love the being that I am, I realize that each and every one of us 
are amazing, unique, incredible beings of love and light. And so the work that I do is inner child healing work and self-love coaching. And I feel that, you know, it's something that really can't be bypassed, the inner child work, because we can do all the healing in the world. But if we're not making that sacred love connection with our inner child, then, you know, it's like, how do we love ourselves? And it's something that we've really never been taught growing up as children. And our parents, most of them raised us in a way where it's like, we're meant to be seen and not heard. So it's like, don't be sad. Don't be upset. Don't cry. And so I just, I've discovered through my journey, how through connecting to my inner child, I've been able to really learn to love myself. And I, I just realized that until we make that love connection, how do we have compassion for ourselves? How do we learn to love ourselves unless we see ourselves as the little girls or boys that we are? And so I'm just like on this mission to help awaken people to the truth of who they are and to really learn to honor and love themselves. Because once we do, you know, we've been taught that all, all that we want and need is out there. But once we start to align within ourselves and start to truly authentically love ourselves for the amazing beings that we are not needing to do anything more, not needing to be anything more because we already are that which we need to be already enough. Then we get to watch the magic in our lives just completely unfold and everything that we're, we've been searching our whole lives for that we think is out there is actually within us. And it's just a matter of aligning with love and the light and presence, and then it can show up in our lives. So I'm super passionate about teaching this work because I've gotten there through my own journey. And yeah, it's, a be it's beautiful. We're living in a really powerful time. It's an exciting time to be alive. We are ascending. We are, but that's why we're here today to talk about this ascension because some people might see it as the most challenging time, which it is because ascension only comes from challenge. And when we move through those challenges and push through our comfort zones and allow ourselves to be in our discomfort. So let's dive into that. So I speak to both of you at least once a week because that really helps me be aligned and because you're both so powerful and you both have such different things to teach me. And Melissa, we call it kind of our accountability calls, don't we? And um, we have some seriously deep and incredible conversations. And I'm actually upset some of them haven't been recorded. So that's what this conversation is going to be like. Like we are just on the phone talking about what's going on right now and trying to offer people some guidance with what is going on right now and our views on it and how we are navigating it. So what is going on out there right now? Ooh, we are going through yeah, the biggest shit humankind <laughs> has ever seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Earth, you know, it's, it can be easy if you're not conscious and aware of what's going on because you can get lost out there in the weeds and in the stories and the fear-based programming. And we've just been so programmed since the beginning of time. And it's like we're kind of unplugging from the matrix and we are waking up as a species as a whole. And that waking up is intense and gets dark because all that's been kept underneath the surface for so long is making its way to the surface. It's surfacing. So we're seeing it in, the in our external reality through all of what we've got going on right now. But what this really truly is, is just a shifting into higher states of consciousness. And for us to move from like fear-based programming, which is what we've spent most of our life living and control into discovering the truth, the truth of who we are, the thing that we've been kept separate from through you know the education system and all of that it's separated us from the truth and there's so many other things out there that have kept us separate and dumbed us down so that these darker forces that are in control and have been in control since the beginning of time 
you know, so they can continue to stay in control. And now they're losing control. And what we're seeing is mass fear. And they're, you know, they know that they're losing. They know that they can no longer control us. So they're pushing harder. They're putting, pushing as hard as they possibly can to plant more fear. Be scared. Go get your shot. Make sure to like, you know, just be scared. Whatever you do, just be in fear. And people are waking up. People are speaking truth. A lot of truths are being revealed. A lot of stuff is coming to the surface. So kind of like a little bit in a nutshell. Yeah. I think is what's happening. Rain, speaking your truth has been quite a, a revelation for you, almost like a new challenging experience for you. So what's, let's talk about your experience there because it, I know it's been really, especially the last month for you has been really integral. The last month or two have been a really interesting process for me. Um, so just a little bit of background. Um, I think a lot of people that follow me on social media or just know me socially think that I am naturally a very outspoken person. And that's actually not true. And it was only after the age of 30 that I actually learned how to talk at all, um, how to express my emotions, how to say if I wasn't happy with something, how to stand up for myself. Prior to that, I, I literally was unable to talk about anything below the surface. And um, I would freeze up, like I could feel my throat closing if I tried to talk about anything. So that was already a process in and of itself that was um, started by my divorce. So I've already been through this really big process over the last six years of learning how to speak. And in so doing, I've discovered this beautiful gift of speaking and that I love to speak. So it's something that I do on my social media a lot. I make a lot of videos. And um, so people think that it's very easy for me, but even so it's still, it, it still is very challenging for me, especially when we come to a subject that is so contentious because what it really, what I figured out, what it boils down to me, for to me, what it boils down to for me is that I hate conflict. And I'll go to any lengths to avoid conflict. So yes, I'm happy to talk about how I feel and what I've experienced in my life. But when it comes to actually standing for something and standing up, knowing that there's going to be conflict and people aren't going to like what I'm saying, or you know, they might start arguing with me, that becomes very difficult for me. And so this whole year, I've been sitting back and watching what's going on around the world, becoming increasingly horrified and feeling unable to speak out about it because I was seeing those who do speak out be persecuted. And because I'm a single mother and I earn the majority of my income through the marketing that I do on social media, even more I felt like I can't come out on social media and say how I feel because then I'm going to lose my income. And uh, so I had this huge resistance to actually taking a stand. And so I went through this process where I started getting this push from my soul, from my higher self, that I need to speak up because things are getting ridiculous. And I kept on fighting it. And I was like, nope, I don't want it. And nope, I can't. I'm going to lose clients. And like the little bit that I had said here and there, I did lose some clients and I lost some income. So that made me even more afraid to speak out. And um, 
yeah, then I just went into this massive internal battle over a process of like a couple of weeks where I, I was literally begging. I was praying. I was like, I don't know, not me. I don't want to be the one that has to stand up and speak out, like let somebody else do it. And um, eventually I was just like pushed into a corner where I realized that I have nothing to lose because um, it was just this interesting um series of events where I felt like, well, I'm not actually earning much from my social media anymore anyway. And if I've been working all these years to build up this presence on social media, what else is it for but not to now at this pivotal time in our modern history to actually use it and stand up and speak for something? Mm. And and also you don't want people to follow you who are following you but because they think you're something that you're not like you want to be able to yeah. be your authentic self exactly. and it was so synchronistic as well with everything you know yeah, like everything with health freedom for humanity like you were so being pushed to it and um you know I, I just got to a point where I was feeling so alone because I felt like it's such a taboo subject like you can't talk about it socially nobody wants to speak about it so you don't know how people feel because everybody just ignores it and I ended up feeling really alone because I knew that I at least had you as a friend that agrees with me, but amongst my um, my other friends, I didn't really know where I stand or with my family. And I had all of these thoughts in my mind, all of these worries about um, vaccine mandates and you know where this is heading and my child needing to wear a mask at school and all of this was stressing me out and I felt very alone. And I thought, you know what, if me speaking out and saying how I feel about all of this helps even one person realize that they're not alone, then it's worth it. Mm. And when I eventually did do that, and I made a video and I put it out on my Instagram, I got such an amazing response, um, far more positive than negative. So many people DM me and and just said thank you because I thought I was the only one. Mm. Yeah. So it just shows the power of actually speaking up, and you know it it's, it brings to light all the people that have just been silently sitting by and also feeling afraid and worried about what's happening. And when they just see one person speaking up, then they also feel a little bit less afraid to speak out as well. Mm. What are we speaking out against right now? What is <laughs> this? Uh, I don't like to call it a fight because I feel like it's a... I also, I'm trying to avoid using the word. Yeah, it's it's more of a challenge and an awakening. And uh, But what are we awakening to, Melissa? Ooh. <laughs> It's a good one. What are we awakening to? We are awakening to the thing that we have been kept separate from our entire lives, which is the truth, the truth of who we are, the truth of how powerful we are, the truth of the present moment and the truth of love and that everything out there is just a mirror reflection. So the state that we're in right now, we got there as a society by being in a certain state of mind and feeding into all the fears and so we're really truly waking up to our own truth our own power our own light we all incarnate here on earth for a reason and i truly believe that like everything that we need to pursue our purpose on the earth plane is locked inside of ourselves and the dna of ourselves and so you know, for so long, we've been led to believe that we need to go to school and college to get the job, to do the thing that we need to do, to make the money, to have the family, all these things, which is so external. And it's kept us separate from who we actually are and why we chose to come here to the earth. And now 
I feel that we're, a lot of us are kind of awakening to that and understanding on a whole nother level that, you know, we have, there's more, there's more to life than what we're seeing. And as we tap more into ourselves and the present moment, then you understand that there's actually, this is just one reality, but there's so many different dimensions of reality that exists right here, right now in this present moment. And it's like, as we start to get present to it, we're able to tap into that and we're able to connect more closely to our angels, to our guides. I mean, we all come onto the earth with angels and guides to support us on our journey. And they're all just waiting, waiting for us to be ready, waiting for us to align with the present so we can connect with them. So it's like, we're kind of tapping more into that and tapping more into the power of presence. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, on a, from a spiritual, I mean, it's all spiritual. It's all the whole thing is spiritual. We can see everything as being spiritual and not spiritual. But at the end of the day, we're all spiritual beings, cosmic beings living a human experience, as Jim Fortin puts it. Um, but for me, kind of from the more, from the less abstract, the, the issue that we're seeing is control, right? So, yeah. you know, let's start with that people you know, are thinking or being manipulated to believe that health comes from some extrinsic source, when in fact health isn't something that someone else can give to you. It happens as a result of the choices we make from, you know, the food we eat and the company we keep to the thoughts we think. And if everyone could see energy in action and energy, you know, we know now that energy can be measured and energy has a vibration. If everyone was able to see this energy in action, they'd be able to know this, that their thoughts hold a vibration and that fear holds a low vibration. And, you know, when we are immersed in fear, we're manipulatable, we're malleable. And, and that, you know, for me, is the issue we're experiencing because we're experiencing huge levels of collective trauma right now because, you know, it all what it all comes down to is, the control and where the control is coming from, who is controlling it. So we've got the ones above the media, and we'll go there in a minute, but the media are essentially, you know, delineating these apocalyptic scenarios, which is just inducing fear. And, you know, like we say, fear creates stress response in us. And so the ego self kicks in to, you know, quote unquote, protect us. And in that state, we'll do whatever we're told. Yeah. And critical thinking goes out the window. Literally, that was my next point. Literally, that was my next point. So no one has this ability anymore for critical thinking. Where has it gone? Because then all of a sudden we're grateful. <gasps> Let's clap. Let's all stand outside our doors and clap for the NHS and clap for the doctors and clap for the nurses and clap for Big Pharma. Thank you for saving us because we don't believe we can save ourselves. Or the main issue is that we believe in the first place that we need saving. Yeah. Right? But we don't need saving. And this is the problem that we have been led down this rabbit hole of fear to believe that our only chance of survival in this world, even though we've survived it for millennia, is something external to us that comes in a vial, in a bottle, in a pill, however it comes. So let's talk about this control for a minute. Let's talk. How, how would you, Rain, um, describe the level of control the matrix like what's your your views on it i think like following on from what you said fear has been weaponized mm. over this past two years they they have purposefully used fear 
to put us into that state where we are just begging to be saved and grateful when they offer a solution. Yeah, behavioral economics. Yeah. And for me, what it really boils down to is that the state that the world was in already, even pre-COVID, what we need to be moving towards is greater connection with nature, Mm. with the nature of our bodies, with the nature of the planets. And instead, what is being enforced upon us now is more disconnection. They're disconnecting people even more from the reality of what your body is, which, which is this incredible machine which is primed for perpetual healing Mm. that's what your body is made to do Mm -hmm. naturally and when you put your body into its natural state you give it everything that it needs it will perpetually heal itself and instead of governments informing people about this and educating people on wellness and what they should be doing at home how they should be eating the lifestyle that they should be choosing instead they're just telling us that our only hope, our only way to get back to normal is to take an experimental vaccine, which is not even a vaccine. No, we can't even call it that. We're going to call it experimental gene therapy. Exactly. I'm <laughs> perfectly happy with that. <laughs> so um, for me, that's what it really boils down to is that the way that they control us is by separating us from our true nature. Yeah. Because once we realize our true nature as physical beings and as spiritual beings we become so much more powerful Mm. and the system loses all control over us yeah when you can step into your power you don't you become independent Mm. you don't need to rely on the system anymore i mean obviously practically speaking we're all stuck in the system and we are all reliant on society but Mm the way that you can start unplugging from the matrix, as Melissa said earlier, is by realizing your true nature. Mm. And that is one where everything that you need is within you, both on a physical level and on a spiritual level. I love, what gets me through this time is, so I don't watch the news, I don't listen to the news, I don't read papers, I stay out of it completely because I know that what I expose myself to will determine my my vibration and how I feel and what will happen to my body as a result of it. So um, I totally stay away from it, but I'd listen to a lot of podcasts and I educate myself through people who I believe um, to be worth listening to. And for me, it seems so simple. Some of the most, the greatest minds on our planet oppose this series of events. You know, from Charles Eisenstein to Dr. Zach Bush. My God, you listen to Dr. Zach Bush talking about how, you know, viruses were inserted into the human genome and that is how we've evolved. And then I don't know if you guys have heard him talking about why hugs are so important and why it's so important to be around a human. I mean, I will not be able to articulate it anywhere near how he does it. Something about like how you, we, we, it's like we're like plants and we keep the sun within ourselves like the you know how the sun kind of gives us this energy and when we hug we pass that bit of the sun onto someone else and you know these are the kind of people I'm listening to Dr. Lawrence Pilevsky I mean some of in my opinion the world's greatest minds and then I look at Chris Whitty and the you know the 
quite frankly, idiots in control of the governments who have no idea and have nowhere near the level of knowledge of how the human body operates. And people are following it blindly. Just. Yeah, I, like, I already had not much respect left for the Western medical model. Mm. Um, I switched over to homeopathy and naturopathy 10 years ago mm. because of my own experiences with uh, conventional doctors. Mm. And this approach that is very disempowering and they don't see you, the patient, as a person. You're just right. another statistic. And because of that, I stepped out of that model of healthcare. And so prior to this, I already was... You know, I, I was not in that frame of mind where I think that doctors are God and they know everything. And mm. I've been really perplexed at how people think that, you know, if, if somebody has doctor in front of their names and they say something, then that's it, must be true. Which is crazy because honestly, in my experience, the people who, who study and research, like some of these people that I'm talking about, or the ones that aren't actually doctors, research more and are less biased because... Doctors are actually trained by a system that is controlled by the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. That's not hearsay. That's not, you know, conspiracy. That is fact. That is a fact. You know, pharmaceutical companies sponsor the medical schools and et cetera, et cetera. The, 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 even the textbooks are funded by the pharmaceutical companies. They're written based on what the pharmaceutical companies want people to know. So yeah. actually doctors have less knowledge in the grand scheme of things, yes, they can talk you through, you know, the human biology and how certain things happen and certain, you know, formulas or whatever. But in terms of how the human being as an entire whole being works, they don't have that sort of knowledge. And, and yet people, like you say, blindly follow because they've got the title of doctor. Yeah. And I can't respect somebody that thinks that because he's a doctor, he is automatically more intelligent than right, me. Right, right. And that understands or knows better than I myself know and can feel what is happening in my own body. Mm. And I also can't respect somebody that can't admit that things are not adding up and perhaps we've been wrong in medicine as right. a whole and maybe we need to rethink things. Like if you can't at least consider that and listen to opposing views, then I don't have much respect for that well, because that's not science. Um, is it? Well, that's the whole thing. <laughs> People love throwing science at this thing. Yeah. Follow the science. Listen to the science. There's no, no science on this. That is not science. No. Then there's I no science on this vaccine as well. It's supposed <laughs> to be a, this continuous process of learning more and figuring out and saying, okay, maybe this is wrong. Maybe we need to try it this way. And what people now call science today is something that they think is set in stone and is infallible. That's what people think science is. Mm. Oh, a study was done. It was peer reviewed. Now it's set in stone. That's it. That's yeah. not how science is supposed to work. Right. Because thalidomide wasn't the same and chemo is not the same. And we see these things destroying people. Mm. But what's interesting to me is that obviously I am, you know, very much ensconced in the wellness industry. I have a very, you know, big community here in the UK and abroad. So, you know, I've got colleagues all over the world. And my observation 
And I want to know what you guys think as people who live outside of the Western medical model as well, is that the people that I know, and I'm talking thousands of people, right? Because we have large communities who live in this way. None of us have been affected by this thing. I'm not saying that we didn't get COVID. Most of us have had it because that's what happens with viruses. They go around, they mutate, we get it, we build immunity to it. You know, that's it, we move on. But my observation was that the people who live in this way, and I'm talking really in a health optimization, spiritual way of, a conscious way of living where we're looking after our bodies, our minds, and our souls have not been affected by this. So what are your experiences of that? Melissa, I know you obviously, you know, you homeschool, unschool your kids, and you are around nature a lot. What's been your experience with that? Well, you know, going back to all of what we were just talking about with like the medical system, it's just basically like, you know, it's cognitive dissonance and we've all just been doing as we're told for so long and believing what we've been told and, you know, and then also playing the victim role. And it's like, you know, it's out there. Like, I don't have any control of it. It's almost like it's easier for people to not take responsibility for their own health. And so there's like the two parts of it, like waking up to understanding that, you know, we've just been programmed and we've just been like kept separate from our power and that we actually can take back our power and not give it away and not play the victim role and not like, oh no, leaving it up to the doctors and leaving it up to out there, like out there is responsible, whatever they're saying, whatever they're telling us that we need to do, we need to do it. And it just comes back to the programming and it comes back to the cognitive dissonance. And it's like, as we start to, see through it then we can really take back our power but like going back to the you know whole idea of yeah like this covid has we all got covid me my my kids my husband like we got it and we were totally fine and you know something i speak a lot about is like what you were saying is when you keep your vibration high then you are protected and what the government and the system is doing right now is helping everyone to keep their vibration low by planting Mm -hmm. all this fear and so of course when we're on a lower vibrational frequency then we're going to attract illness. And then when we do get the illness, and I think this is what's happening with a lot of people because there's so much fear around the virus and the news planting it left and right, that the minute someone gets it, they're like, oh my God, the deadly virus. I have it. Oh no. And then of course, if you're in that mindset and you're really in fear, then it's going to take you down. And add to that, if you're someone who hasn't been eating healthily, what you're feeding your body is low vibration. You don't have the tools for your body to be able to fight it because the cells of your body are just depleted of any energy and the ability to 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 fight any sort of virus then of course you're gonna die or get really yeah, sick. yeah exactly like you're just so scared of it you're so planted with this fear and so therefore like you know you hear so many people oh yeah but no you need to get that shot because yeah. it's so deadly and it's so dangerous well you know it's like that fear around it all of course like what we were saying lowers the vibration and then you're going to be more likely to get it whereas we me and my family we all got it and we were fine because of a we didn't give away our power we didn't you know, put it out there. We took control of our bodies by we eat healthy, we eat well, we make sure to stay in a higher vibration, connecting to love and connecting to the present moment and not getting lost out there and playing the victim role. And it's like the minute you decide to take back your power, you're no longer playing that victim role and you're putting the responsibility for your healing in your own hands. And so through, you know, like when we're holding on to wounds and it's everything, you know, what we're eating, what we're holding on to energetically, our thoughts, all of it, it's going to affect how we receive the virus. 
we can get the virus and it can move through us and we get ill, we build our immune system, which is what virus is meant to do. But when we go and take the shot, boom, we're weakening our immune system. We're going to be more likely to get it. And then when we do get it, it's worse because our immune system, we have no immune system working. Like how do we build a healthy immune system by getting virus, by getting ill and naturally treating ourselves and eating the right foods and healing our deeper wounds and learning to stay in a state of love and presence and not getting lost out there in the fear-based program, which is what I feel we're kind of kind of moving into and waking up to. So, you know, it's just like this whole, you know, when you see the truth, it's it's hard because it's like everyone's so yeah. sleepy. A lot of, not everyone, but a lot of people are just so asleep at the wheel and just like believing the program and believing the story and so fully in it that they just don't even realize like, oh my God, wait, I'm powerful. Like I'm in control of my own health. I can choose to eat the right foods and supplements and take care of myself and stay present and heal my deeper wounds and stay in a state of love. And boom, I get the virus and I heal. And then I'm stronger than I, I was before versus yeah. the way that we're doing it. You know, it's crazy. It, so I, I see this with everything because I remember when I was pregnant with Brax and you had already had a home birth, you had had Miran already. And I knew I, this must have been my higher self always coming through and always guiding me. But from a young girl, I knew I wanted to experience birth. I like really wanted to experience it. And that's, you know, a funny thing to, because, you know, we grew up with all this conditioning around birth and, you know, it's scary and it's painful. And, and, but I always go back to this because it's the same with illnesses and with viruses. It's the fear of all the people I know that live how I do and live quite naturally and are very open to things happening naturally and plan for these natural kind of, you know, unassisted home births. The majority of them end up having those births. And I'm not saying all and now obviously always exceptions. I know that. But when I look at my community and I look at people I know, and even, I mean, just random, you know, influencers, like natural living influencers around the world, they plan a home birth. And then, you know, the next minute they're posting their video of their beautiful birth out in a stream somewhere. It's a mindset, right? In most cases, there are, yes, there are always exceptions. I won't keep justifying that I know that. But in most cases, like, why did you have this, this amazing birth? And you came to me and you said it was blissful. It was the most blissful experience because that's the person you are. You're a person experiencing bliss, allowing yourself to do that. So it's the same with this illness, with this virus. And let's talk about the fear around getting sick at all, because, you know, I know from my community, and Rain, you're in my, you know, WhatsApp group with my my little community, my little tribe. Um, and some, all of us had COVID at varying points, but some of the girls got it really, really bad in the last few months. And these were people with strong immune systems who are healthy, robust women, and they got really sick. And even in them, there was this element of fear there of, oh my God, but I'm sick and how do I manage it? And what do I do? Because we're used to just going, going, going all the time and not surrendering to what our bodies are trying to do. Now, any sickness, even cancer, is a healthy expression of the immune, the immune system's you know, option for detoxification. And then we try to suppress it. So we're suppressing all the toxins back in. And so we were talking at the time and I was trying to say to them, they were like, you know, what do we do? And I'm like, well, you're doing all the physical things because you're in this world. So, you know, you know, the liposomal vitamin C and the colloidal silver and the elderberry teas and the, you know, all of this. But are you sitting there trying to fight this? Oh my God, I've got to get rid of it. And it's really scary. Or are you going within and allowing it to just be? 
And Rain, I know you kind of experienced this and you were on the group as well. What was your experience with that? Yeah, it was very interesting because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when, um, when I got ill, I, um, <laughs> I felt this sense of relief. I was like, thank God, finally I've got it. Now yeah. my body can do its thing and then I'll be immune and happy days. And um, so that was my attitude towards it. And I'm not saying it was an easy illness. I got pretty sick. I was in bed for two weeks. It wasn't fun. Yeah, you, you were quite bad with it. Yeah, I got, I got really ill. And uh, there was one day where I was struggling to breathe. And immediately, because of all the propaganda and all the fear mongering, my mind went to, oh, my God, like, maybe this is really bad. Maybe I'm going to have to go to a hospital. Yeah. And thankfully, I managed to talk myself out of that fear space. And literally, the next day, I was already like on the mend. And um, so, but it was just really interesting to observe that in mm. myself, to see how even though I have never had any fear around the virus, and I felt relief when I finally got it, I still um, found myself in that fearful state when it got really bad. And in hindsight, I looked back at it, and I thought, you know, I've had illnesses before where I had like a really bad bronchitis, say, where I was struggling way worse than that to breathe. Mm. But because you've been programmed. for Because no one's told year, you you're going to die from bronchitis. Exactly. So you're like, oh, this is shit. But it doesn't whatever. even cross your mind that you might die from it. <laughs> so you're struggling to breathe and you're just like, oh, this is really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get over it. Um, yeah. And then. You know, so if, if what I'm trying to say is that even if for people like us who, uh, you know, live our healthy lifestyles and we have no fear around it, even then in your weak moments, this propaganda that's been around us for all that time will get in. Mm. So imagine how much more difficult it is for somebody that doesn't live this lifestyle, doesn't understand these things right. and has allowed that fear to overtake them right since the start. Now they get sick and they're convinced they're going to die. Right. And as we've mentioned before, fear has such a massive impact on your immune system. So if you're sick and then you're fearful about the fact that you're sick, you are undermining your body's capability to do what it needs to do. Mm. So here's a question. These people who are living in this state of fear, and a lot of people listening to this will have family members, friends, we all do, you know, who are living in this state of fear, who are, um, sub, you know, subjecting themselves to everything they're being told to do. Can we help those people? Should we be trying? How should we be doing that? I love the tone of that question. Well, because it's really very, very nuanced, isn't it? I want to go lots of places with it because should we be? Is this part of the awakening? Do they need to experience what's going to happen? Should we be trying to sow seeds? Do seeds get sown and we help people? Should we be allowing it to happen? You know, like, where do we go with this? I think, um, I think all of the above. I think that by living the way that we do and, and letting our lives be their own testimony, we set an example for people. And I'm sure both of you experience this all the time. You don't necessarily need to go out and preach to people about how to live. They'll come to you and mm -hmm. ask, 
what do you do? Mm. Why do you why do you look so happy and peaceful and healthy? Um, or they just get really triggered by you. <laughs> or that. Yeah. And do you, like, sorry, I'm going to interrupt, come back to that. But do you all have like this people in your lives? There's like one or two always. And they're just people that you really get triggered by. They have yeah. no interest in learning anything or changing anything. And it's so triggering and it's such a lesson for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like sort of brings me to my next point is that the people who are open and ready to make changes in their lives will mm-hmm. come to you or come to whoever, come to the information. Yeah. Um, and then there are those people who don't want you. Yeah. They don't want this information. They don't want a different style of living. And I think that with people like that, you literally are talking to a brick wall. Mm. and then and then it comes to you know the more spiritual question of that that's their path that's the path that their soul has chosen yeah and um, it can be very difficult when it's somebody that you care about Mm. but you know it's not our job to save them yeah Melissa can you take that to the next level spiritually because we've spoken about this a lot in terms of you know we're having to observe people we love making these decisions and we know it's their path what what is the purpose of this really dark stuff happening well also what I wanted to add to that too is that you know and I've discovered this through my own journey of the triggers because there are greatest teachers right and so you know I've watched my dad get cancer and I've learned about Gerson Institute and alternative therapies and it's like you you, it took a while to get to this point but you kind of get to the point where you realize like you know every people aren't ready until they're ready and Mm -hmm. you have to really just like let go and have compassion and know that they're just they're where they're at because they've been programmed and you know, we could all day long try to awaken them, try to show them the truth, try to lead them the way, try to put, take them to the water. But until they're really ready, like we're just wasting our energy. And so it's like what I'm, what I'm realized is the only, the best thing that we can do. And I think it also comes back to the self-love thing. It all comes back to self-love because us getting triggered by someone else's actions and someone else being closed or not wanting to learn all this stuff or not wanting to be open to the possibility that there are other options out there or that we're being programmed is coming back to like honoring and loving ourselves and just knowing that like, you know, I think it comes back to our own worthiness. Like for me, it was always like, I needed to prove myself. Like, no, I'm, I know this information. I know that it works. I know. But then once you discover the truth and you know the truth, then you just let go and surrender and you can see through it and you can just see that they're just in this programming and they're just not awake to it and they're not aware and they're not conscious of like, you know, the power that they have within them. And so it's like all we can do ourselves is be love and continue to spread our light and continue to hold that space for other people. And through us being that, then when those people are ready, they start to awaken. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can try to convince them, you can try to tell them, you can try all day long to like, but when there's the cognitive dissonance in the way and, you know, there's just that wall up, you, you can't get through. There's just no getting through and then you're just going to get triggered and then you're going to, and it all again comes back to that self-love because you're honoring yourself and you're seeing like, 
when they're ready, they will awaken and they will see the truth. And it's really just having compassion right now, because I think there's, it's creating so much separation what's happening on the earth. And mm. a lot of light workers and a lot of people that are conscious are getting angry and triggered because their family or friends or whatever think, oh, you're crazy. Like you need to just get the shot. And it's triggering a lot of people, but what it really has to do is push us deeper into like loving ourselves and honoring ourselves and also having compassion for those people because they're just asleep and they're not aware. And the more love and compassion that we can have for others is we're having for ourselves. And then the more, more we give them that space to open to the truth. And yeah, so I just feel like it just goes so much deeper, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also like just on, you know, for my, one of my biggest lessons from, you know, my spiritual teacher and you know, when you, you get to this kind of point of frustration and you're like, well, why won't you just wake up? But actually from a spiritual sense, not everyone is meant to. So when you're saying, you know, they're not ready, but in this lifetime, they might never be ready and that's okay. And we have to have compassion for that and see people, you know, that everyone is on a different journey and a different stage of their spiritual evolution so you know some people are just not meant to because because they have to learn the lessons and it's almost like we almost have to let them learn those lessons that's part of their spiritual journey we don't want to rob them of that you know it's almost like stopping your child from falling over or wrapping your child in cotton wool you know you're not they're not going to learn anything without you know some trauma um so it is part of just kind of what needs to happen yeah and it can be i mean it can be really hard when you're like I, you can see the truth so clearly and it's like they just it's yeah. hard when they're like you're like hello like look look at the truth but you know remembering not everyone is where we're at they're not aware of it because of the programming and it goes back seven plus generations so of course we're like unless we're making the conscious choice to awaken and like see through the illusions and do the research and discover our truth and it's, you know, not going to happen until they're ready. Yeah. Like for me, um, with starting to speak out publicly, what I found interesting was that in my mind, when I decided to speak out at no point in time, was I speaking to people who are like hardcore pro-vax. I was speaking mm. to people who are quietly unsettled about what's happening. Or who know that they definitely don't want it, but but they don't know how to handle this because they don't know anybody else that doesn't want it. Mm. And so it was interesting to see um, like some people trying to engage me in arguments about um, data and you know scientific facts and whatever. And I was just like, I'm not here to debate this with you. If that's what you believe, that's cool. Like I support your right to choose that for yourself. You go do that. That's awesome. Like I'm here to stand up for my right to make a decision for myself, my body and my child. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to be a, you know, just like a little shining light, a little bit of support for the other people that are feeling worried about what's happening. I'm not out to convince anybody, mm-hmm. but if there's somebody who's on the fence and something just isn't sitting right and their soul is telling them something's not right here. Like that's who we can speak to. Yeah. 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 Because there's, and that's, I guess, the sowing the seed, right? So we're not necessarily here to change the minds of the entire world population. Neither should we, because like you know, we've seen, you know, it has to be part of their own journey, but I'm seeing so many more people waking up and, yeah. you know, we've got this divide because everything's division, right? Against, um, 
the great reset versus the great awakening. <laughs> um, but it, and it can be hard to look at this and go, well, actually, it is an awakening because a system can't stay in this level of trying to control. It will come crumbling down. And I heard a great analogy by James Wedmore, and I, I love this analogy. He's great with metaphors. It was, and he works with the same shaman that I work with. And so this really spoke to me just because, you know, our shaman talks a lot about the darkness. And it was that if you have like a really dirty kitchen, like one of those, you know, disgusting like restaurant kitchens and it's gross and nasty and no one's in it. You turn the lights on and, qu and very quickly you see loads of cockroaches scurrying underneath to find the darkness, right? They're going to go to where it's dark where you can't see them. If you start ripping away some of that kitchen and some of the darkness, the more that the light comes through, the, the less space they've got to go to there's nowhere else for them to go so when you keep coming through with light there's mm. nowhere for the darkness to go it has to come out it has to be exposed and once it's exposed and we have that exposure of the truth of what's happening this dirt this disgusting stuff that's happening at that point we can create change and i think we're starting to get there oh yeah for sure, yeah. we're definitely starting yeah. to get there, definitely. How do we continue to oh, manage this darkness? And, you know, apart from obviously, you know, and I do think that our own vibration, and we might think we're just one person, but, you know, our vibration determines our reality. And, then it has a ripple effect to those around us. Because if your vibration's high, then other people feed off of that. And we know that energy can be measured. So the higher the vibrational energy of our thoughts and our actions, the higher vibrational outcome we're going to experience. So it's up to us to keep doing that. But it is on such a large scale, right? Just when we're looking at these corporations, we're looking at, geez, like big food, big tech, big farmer and they're all like got so much power censoring us from instagram and telling us you know you can't have jobs like how it do we conquer this i think that one of the most important things that we can do as individuals is to opt out of this battle of us versus them mm. because it's so easy for us to fall into that trap because as you say, it, it seems like this mountain in front of us that we need to conquer. And, and it's so easy to make this all about the vaccine. Mm. And then it turns into this fight. But if we engage in that fight, in that battle, we're actually just feeding the machine. Mm. Yeah. And so we need to step out of that paradigm of thinking that this is about us versus them. And, and just continuously coming back to a space of love and compassion, which can be really difficult. <laughs> um, because you can't, you know, to use a cliche, you can't fight fire with fire. Mm. We're, we're not going to overcome this by turning it into a battle of anti-vaxxers versus pro-vaxxers, mm. you know, because at the end of the day, this is not about the vaccine. Yes, I'm against the vaccine. I have very real concerns about what it will do on a physical level if I choose to take it. Mm. And that's why I won't have it. So, 
yes, there is an element of this is about the vaccine, but at the end of the day, this is none of this is about the vaccine. Mm. And that's, you know, I'm really trying to bring this across in my messaging. And it's like one of those things we've, that we've been talking about, like, why can't other people see it? Like, I can't understand why people can't see that this is not about the vaccine. Yeah, because once you give your power away to something. Much more, yeah. Like if you give in on this point, it's just a downhill slope and it's going to be this and then it's going to be that and then it's going to be that. And then all your freedoms are taken away and then we'll be living in a totalitarian global state. Yeah. And so I'm asking people to, even if you are pro-vax and you've had the vax or you want the vax, whatever, put the vaccine issue aside and think about what is happening to us on a societal level. Mm. How do we overcome that rather than arguing about the vaccine? Mm. Yeah. And it really is about realizing, you know, all of this is just realizing that it's not out there. Again, it's not out there. Like our healing is not dependent upon out there. It's within us. And when we align within us and we connect to love, then that's where the true healing is. And it's like, it's so simple, right? Like there's just so much to it, but it also is so simple. Like, the healing is not out there. The healing is in us. Out there is just an illusion. So once we just realize that and we do the work and we, and you know, you're asking, you were saying about like, what can people do to really like stay and come back to that space? It's like, this is a time where we have to really have hone in on our practice mm. and make time for our meditation and yeah. make time to get present more than ever because mm. the noise out there is loud and it's only getting louder as the stuff's coming to the surface and as the darkness is just making its way up, it's just going to keep getting louder and louder. And so this is such an important and powerful time for us to make time to go within and get present and to be so aware that like, you know, we can't get lost in the weeds. We can't get lost out there. You know, I I heard a quote I posted on my social media the other day. If you're watching the news and you're in the middle of a deadly pandemic, and if not, then it's just another Saturday. And it's like, it's so true, you know, like out there, what's happening out there is complete madness. It looks like the world is completely crumbling and falling apart, but like within us, there's only love and light. And so why, you know, the practice is so important so that we can connect back to that and not get lost out there in the weeds, because that's, what's going to bring healing to earth. Each and every one of us are responsible. It's not about the shot, the vaccine. That's not what's going to be responsible for this deeper healing. It's in each and every one of us and each and every one of us aligning back to the present moment and back to light. Like you said, Lauren, you know, like everywhere you go, when you are in the light, when you are connected to presence and love, you bring that light with you. Like we don't even realize how powerful we are, but we bring that light with us everywhere we go. So like if if I go to a coffee shop or if I go to the market, I bring my light and I spread my light just through my energy. Mm -hmm. And so that is the most powerful thing that we can be doing right now to conquer the darkness is Mm -hmm. stay in the light to remember how powerful one person's light can transform the world. Like that's how powerful we are. So really having that understanding is so important. Yeah. Rain, what are your daily practices at the moment that are getting you through this? Um, so I, I generally uh, like to move my body and then do some breath work. And then from there, I'll move into meditation. Um, that's sort of like my, my general daily practice. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say daily, like there are some days that I miss, you know, mm-hmm. people... Um, I think people are scared off by it being too dogmatic. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, sure, there are days that I'm, I miss a skip a day here and there, but generally speaking, um, I make a point of moving my body, breathing, meditating. And then I also, I love to write, as you know. <laughs> so I go through phases where I write more and then other times I don't feel like writing, but definitely just um, coming back to that space of stillness within mm. a daily basis is what keeps me sane. And I know like if I skip a few days, I start to feel it a lot yeah. and it becomes much more difficult to tune out all the noise mm and to step out of the fear that's all around us and to come to that place of peace and love and that's why for me it's so pivotal to my um you know the way that I choose to live my life yeah and you know the more I learn I mean I've been meditating for like coming up to 20 years now but Mm -hmm. and I've and I've you know I've studied different um different ways of meditating different modalities and really it doesn't matter you know it all comes down to the same thing but the more I learn about it and the more I hear experts talking about it and the more I hear you know people like Joe Dispenza another one you know of the great we're talking about the greatest minds of our time you know all these people who are opposing all of this when you hear people like that talking about the power of meditation and going within and consciousness it just kind of gives you that push and to to really know that like it it is non-negotiable if you want to be in a state of high vibration where you're not affected by fear where what's going on out there isn't affecting you and and that is the physical as well that's not just like oh I'm not affected by fear so I'm safe you are safer from a virus if you are not you know riddled with fear and one of the things that has been a new practice for me that Daniel is loving as well. And he sometimes just catches me and then like he's just standing there watching me is ecstatic dance. I have just been, and this was a conditioning thing coming from having a childhood of disability and not being able to really dance and having, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just always a running joke in my family and rain, you know, a lot of members of my family and they were very good dancers and very beautiful members of my, well, Moroccans and, and I used to, just, I, I couldn't dance. I had no rhythm because my knees were swollen. My ankles were swollen and everyone used to laugh at me. And so dancing was like a thing for me. You know, I was embarrassed. Um, and now I just literally, I listen to like some shamanic music and I let the F loose. And I cannot tell you how it sets up my day. Like I literally can't tell you how it sets up my day. And also learning about sound healing and the impact of sound on the cells in our body and how it's so fascinated with sound at the moment. Right? So me too. It is unbelievable in how it can heal different parts of our bodies and you know, like how the the body tissue actually responds to it. So actually having high vibration music and sound around and moving the body to it. So so that's been one of my, my recent practices. What I would like to, uh, Melissa, do you have any? Because uh, I know for you and um, for me as well, it's like spending a lot of time in nature. That is integral. Yeah, sure. Do you have any other practices with the girls or, or alone that are kind of keeping you sane? Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely do three times a day my meditation practice. My girls know like mom is meditating. We do our thing. She does her thing. And also movement, like you said, movement is so important because it's like how you get that energy moving through your body. Like if I miss my workout, like I'm really big on my workouts, whether it's running or yoga or whatever it might be, 
if I miss my workout, it's like, I can feel the heaviness in my body, mm. which is why like moving our body is so important. So yeah, like movement and we're running. I love running and my meditation practice and yoga. Those are like the main. And you're surfing. You go surfing. Oh yeah, my surfing. Because you live in Malibu. So you get the opportunity to do that. (laughs) We'll be going out after the session surfing. Got some Um, weight today yes yeah, see, i can't speak to melissa more than once a week because i just get too envious of how she's around the water and in the sun and here i am in london town doesn't look like that so another thing i want to touch on is intuition and i think those of us who are living in this way and have come through this time even stronger i think you know, because we've really, we've really learned how to listen to that intuition or inner knowing we've, we've stood up for ourselves, we've pushed through those comfort zones. Um, for me, I know this time has really helped me develop my intuition, I've had to really go deep within. I think that so many people are also experiencing a lot of personal upheaval because of the vibration of, you know, the, the atmosphere at the moment. So, so many shifts are happening energetically um as well so it's like really pushed us into hearing that inner voice that inner knowing um and develop that and I know that Rain you you'd spoken about that as well and how that had um how you I think especially with this kind of speaking out more thing that's your intuition coming through over the just you know this deafening ego self the, the more you know like hubristic way of human thinking yeah so I mean I, I think that at this point in time intuition developing your intuition but also developing the courage to actually listen to and follow your intuition is a life skill and mm-hmm. it's one thing to be developing your intuition on a very personal level as I have been doing for very many years and a lot of people have been doing but when it comes to actually taking a public stand Mm. and saying I don't care what studies scientific facts you want to throw at me my intuition is telling me that this thing is not right for my body Mm. like that's taking it to another level and so when you can practice developing your intuition and having the courage to follow through on it on that more personal level in your life on smaller things then when it comes to the bigger things you'll have more courage to do it because you'll already have learned how to trust yourself Mm. and so you know that's what this thing boils down to for me like yes I've now done a lot of research and I have more than enough information to confirm what I feel inside but I saw the writing on the wall a year and a half ago Mm. I already saw then how this thing was going to play out yeah when I said to people close to me watch what's going to happen next thing they're going to create a vaccine and they're going to force it on everyone everybody was like don't be stupid that'll never happen and everyone said then we won't do that we won't like uh hello what's happening so you know right from the start my intuition told me this thing there's a lot more happening behind the scenes than we know there is an agenda behind this Mm -hmm. and this thing is not right for my body Mm. if you if you feel that this is right for your body and you want to make the decision to take it for you and that makes you happy and that makes you feel safe and you think that makes you healthy 
cool, bananas, you go do that. Yeah, you do. I won't be doing that because my intuition, my body are telling me this is not right for me. And it takes a lot of courage to be able to say that to people who like to throw capital S science around because it can make you feel um, inferior and stupid and they start questioning your intelligence because Mm -hmm. what is intuition? But I think once again, that's coming back to treating us as separate from nature. It's separating us from the nature of who we are. We are spiritual beings. So to dismiss intuition as something woo-woo and not important to me is to really be dismissive of your very nature. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. I think too, the other thing with the intuition is I think a lot of people have a hard time really like having that inner knowing because we've just for so long been such people pleasers and we've just been so focused on making other people happy that we're not really focusing on our needs and what what our body is trying to tell us or what our higher self is trying to tell us because we've just been you know working from this wounded space of like pleasing everyone making sure everyone's happy and so it's it's like we put ourselves on the back burner and so it's there's like such a big thing in this of coming back to our self-worth and self-love to in order to tap into our intuition because if we're not loving ourselves and we're just trying to like, you know, please everybody out there, then we aren't able to tap into our intuition. And mm-hmm. it's not until we start to honor ourselves and love ourselves, then we're like, oh, what do, what do I want? And what do I need? And what feels right for me? And what just, what feels right? Mm-hmm. And so then we're kind of able to more easily tap into it. And so many of us aren't tapped into that inner knowing because of that reason. Mm-hmm. So it's like the more we start to connect to ourselves and connect to loving ourselves, the more we're able to see like what feels right for me, actually, like I'm doing all this stuff based upon what I'm being told and what other people are telling me that I should do. And based upon what all my friends are doing and based upon the fear programming, but like, wait a minute, let me stop and separate from that and listen to what do I need? What do I want? What do I want for myself? And that's Mm -hmm. something that we don't do enough of that we have to start doing more of that. I think we're moving more into. Yeah. I think you just brought up such a powerful point, Melissa, because, you know, talking about that people pleasing and doing what's, good for other people you know this propaganda fear machine has so insidiously used that exact point in telling us oh you're not doing this for yourself you're doing this for everybody else like you must get the vaccine to you're selfish yeah yeah you're selfish if you don't get it and you must get the vaccine so that granny's safe or so that your neighbor's safe or and what is making me livid is that all of a sudden people think that it's normal or okay or the way that it should be that children should be sacrificing Mm. to keep middle-aged and elderly people safe. Mm. Like when did that become the norm? Mm. When have we ever said that children must sacrifice anything for adults to feel safer or happier? It should be, it always has been the other way around. Absolutely. Because that's the only way you're going, once you've got control of a population, you can tell them anything. Yeah. But here's the thing, because when we do tap into that intuition and we do move into a place of deep self-love, you know who you are. There's no getting away from that. And when you are living in that space, you go through an immense shedding process and things will happen to upend and uproot your life at that point. You will lose. I mean, you know, I use quote unquote, but you will lose friends. You might even fall out with family members because this is an energetic death and rebirth 
you know, listening, truly listening to your inner knowing and following its guidance is going to cause you to have to shed some things and some things that will feel very uncomfortable to your human ego self. But if you can allow yourself, this higher self, your intuition to really come through and allow yourself to listen to it, what will happen at the other end of that as a result of that will be this extreme rebirth into something more powerful and more brilliant. But it just has to be noted that, you know, because there's a lot of people in my community who's fallen out with family members, you know, because family members will say, you can't come over to the family lunch because you're not vaccinated. This is like a normal thing now. This is happening all the time. And I think, you know, each of us here have had our own experience of having an experience of having to stand up for something and say, no, I'm not going to do that. And whether that backfired or whether that worked in our favor in the end, it, it was all up to the gods, you know, and we had to just let it be. But I think for people listening, it's important to know that those situations are happening and you're not alone if that's happening to you. And it is one of those times where actually don't falter. You know, don't lose your sense of self to this, to please other people, because this mm. is really that pivotal time, energetically speaking, that we really have to stand up. Absolutely. What have you both learned? What's been your biggest lessons from this time? Melissa? Wow. I mean, my biggest lesson has really, I mean, everything I stand for and everything that I'm about really is having compassion having compassion for all beings with where they're at in their lives, understanding that everyone has their own wounds from childhood, understanding that nothing is personal, understanding like that we've just been programmed and we're awakening from our slumber. And so continuing to have love and compassion for all beings. And the other part of that is, you know, like if someone's done something to upset us, said something, because there's been many things that have happened around this whole virus situation, family and whatnot, which really could have taken me off the course. But because I was just like, I didn't abandon myself. And I think that's something we tend to do is like abandon ourselves by getting angry and, you know, shooting fire back or not having compassion. I've been able to just continue to come back to being loving, come back to having compassion and just meeting people with where they're at and understanding that they just don't like there was a time in my life where I was asleep at the wheel and I was unaware. And so, you know, it's like they're just unaware and they don't know. And it's really pushed me. This journey has just pushed me more deeply into loving myself and honoring myself and having compassion no matter what wrongdoing someone has done, no matter how much someone has hurt us. Because it's like if we're just going to hold on to anger towards them or be mad or frustrated at family, friends, whatever then we're, it's like, we're only hurting ourselves. Yeah. And, and so, you know, like when we're holding on to all that stuff, it's, they're not, it's not hurting them, it's hurting us. So just continuing to keep our heart open and continuing to have compassion and meet people with where they're at, but continuing to speak our truth and know our truth and not let externals take us away from that or make us feel like we're the crazy ones. Mm. So it's really pushed me more deeply into just honoring and loving myself and having compassion for all beings. Mm. Yeah, it's so important because without compassion, we're doing the opposite of what we're preaching right now, which is to raise our vibration for the collective to enable other people to kind of meet us here, I guess, if they can, if that is their journey. And without compassion, we're just bringing that vibration down. And 
you know, that's not what we want to do. So at the end of the day, whatever anyone's views, however they want to come to it, having compassion for the part of their spiritual evolution that they're on and just saying, that's your journey. That's cool. You do you, I'll do me. And, you know, nothing but love. That's right. Nothing but love. Rain, what about you? Yeah, to echo Melissa, definitely um, the compassion is a big one. And mm-hmm. just recognizing that people are operating out of their own fears and their fears are just as valid as my fears, even though they're completely different fears and their fears inform how they're acting and what decisions they're making. Mm. Yeah, just learning to really trust myself and to recognize that my decisions, my opinions for myself and my family are valid. And that just because I don't have a degree in science or medicine doesn't mean that I can't make a decision about what's right for my body. Mm. Just like coming back to my overarching life lesson is always surrender. Mm, <laughs> every every mine, lesson yeah. in my life comes back to surrender. Yeah, and so funny. Really surrendering to this process because it is scary for all of us, no matter where we stand, um, what our stance is or what we believe about this pandemic, about the virus, about the vaccine. We're all experiencing massive upheaval. And like you mentioned earlier, Lauren, that this has been a collective trauma mm. that we're all experiencing simultaneously. And, you know, so just surrendering and trusting that there is a purpose behind all of this. And I do believe that something greater is going to be birthed out of this. Like we've also spoken about how this is a great awakening. I mean, you can see it across the globe. You can see it within your own personal circles. There are so many people awakening mm. and, um, we all know from our personal awakening experiences, it's always catalyzed by trauma. And this is the collective trauma that is facilitating the collective awakening. Mm. You know, I've been experiencing this. I was only recently able to actually put it into words because I just had this really weird sensation for most of this year. I felt like a lot of the time I was existing in a completely different reality to other people. And I eventually realized that it's, because they are these two parallel timelines that are simultaneously playing themselves out. Mm. And some people are very definitely on the one and other people are very definitely on the other. And that's why they can't see each other's viewpoint. They can't understand. They can't communicate because literally their realities are so vastly different. Mm. I think that we're, we're on a precipice right now where we can choose which timeline do we want to be on? Which reality do we want to go with so are we going to choose to build something more beautiful a more beautiful world as Charles Eisenstein calls it yeah you know are we going to choose to go back to connection go back to nature um, and and rebuild a better society than what we had before or are we going to be on the timeline where we are so desperately fighting to try and get back to normal right so clearly wasn't working for the large majority of people true yeah everything you just said there and surrender has been my biggest lesson as well this mm-hmm. last year and a half last two years for me really surrender to everything I mean since being in a state of surrender to anything you know anything perceived bad life is so much more blissful yeah you know because even if something you know negative bad whatever however whatever binary term we want to use is happening if you surrender to it and try and find the lessons in it because there's a lesson in everything then you're just less angry at everything you know we try and find the lesson in it and there is a lesson in everything and when you can see that 
is beautiful. And so surrendering to everything that happens is just, that's, that's my new modus operandi. <laughs> so Melissa, um, are you happy to lead us in there or to just to offer a little prayer or blessing for everyone listening who might need that offering of guidance? Yes, definitely. I mean, for me, the biggest blessing that I have is, I mean, we can close our eyes and just connect back to the energy of love, connect back to our hearts, connect back to our truth and remember that all the thoughts that we have in our head, all the stories that we're telling ourselves, they're not true. They're just stories. Our thoughts don't serve us. And all we truly need to really fully heal ourselves and the planet is to return home to this precious space, the gap in between our thoughts, which is where all magic can unfold, where we discover our truth, our gifts, our purpose, and our passion in true healing. So my offering is just to remind you to just come back to this precious space of presence, connect back to love, because the only two things that are really real are love and the present moment. And the more we can surrender, the more we can watch the magic of our lives unfold and everything is unfolding for the highest good. Everything's unfolding exactly as it's meant to. And the more that we surrender to it, the more the magic of our lives can start to unfold. So just really remembering to connect back to that, that space of quiet, presence and love. Mm. Ah, thank you. And to breathe, right? To breathe. We haven't even mentioned the power of breath work mm. yet, but yeah. Oh, ladies, thank you for doing this with me. It was very needed. Thank you um, so much. I think I really that um, you both. I hope that everyone listening gained something from it. If you are less listening, get in touch and let us know what you gained from listening to this and um you can find rain and melissa on instagram what are your handles ladies i'm melissa dash eliyahu on instagram and facebook my website is mamasunshine.com my handle on instagram is rain that's r-a-i-n-e dot done and my website is raindone.com and i recently started a telegram channel called liberty and love and the focus of that is basically what we just spoke about, how to handle everything that's going on. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting big on Telegram now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's necessary. Okay, thank you so much, ladies. I love you both so much. I love you. Thank you. Thank for you <laughs> this episode of Reconditioned was brought to you with support by London's leading biological dentistry clinic, the Indu Clinic in Harley Street, a one-of-a-kind clinic that combines biological dentistry with functional medicine to optimize not only your dental health, but your general well-being. Using practices such as safe mercury removal, removal of root canals and hidden infections, treatment of inflammation, treatment of cavitations, and much more. Visit nduclinic.com and receive 10% off your initial consultation and any scans or hygienist appointment by letting them know you came through Lauren on the Recondition podcast.
Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.